Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back for another episode. Uh, I'm joined as usual by Josh Gilbert. I am Sam North. We're both market analysts here at eToro. Uh, and please do remember to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating, a good one. Uh, it does help with the algorithm and all of that kind of thing. Josh, how are you? Very good, Sam. Yeah, very good today. How are you, my friend? Yeah, very well. Very well. The sun is out. Um, we're expecting a good couple of weeks, a heat wave of 20 degrees uh whether we can get too excited about that i, I don't know uh but uh, yeah not too bad not too bad uh you were telling me just before we came on about a little injury you've got from from football uh so everyone send your thoughts and prayers for for josh's shin which looks like it's uh got a golf ball on it uh but i'm, I'm hoping you'll be okay for for the weekend josh yeah, big game against Saturday. Clean sheet coming off the back of, so Ooh. you know the injury is worth it. But the uh, the yellow shin is <laughs> is the is the war wound from that. But um, but no, yeah. So if you uh, if you all feel sorry for me, go and go and give us a rating on Spotify yes. and get us above a hundred hundred ratings. That would be very nice of you. Yeah, there. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That would be that would be very uh, beneficial for us to to do. You can show your appreciation and support uh for us to discover as the title gives away we'll talk about the debt ceiling we'll talk about ai the two most popular subjects really over the last few months uh, and then also the us jobs report which comes out on friday sound all right josh yeah yeah exactly definitely the the, the two top topics uh that have you know really grabbed investors and headlines over the last you know, month or two, and then obviously jobs report biggest sort of data point this week as well. So as usual, covering it all, covering it all. Um, okay. Uh, just before we we do get going, a little birdie tells me you you have a quiz question for our audience. Um, so I'm always I'm I'm ready for this. I'm sure the audience are eagerly anticipating it as well. Yeah, so it's usually you, Sam, that comes up with these uh, these fancy quiz questions. Um, so we're going to talk about AI uh, mm-hmm. in a minute, obviously. But uh, NVIDIA is obviously the name that's really sort of, you know, captured uh, investors this year. And so far this year, shares have soared more than 174.4% mm-hmm. uh, as of the 31st of May. So before US markets opens on Wednesday. That's year to date. Okay, so we're basically, you know, f- five months through the year. Um, so the quiz question is, in the last 10 years, three companies have had a better start to the year in the exact same time frame than NVIDIA. So we had... 188% in 2019, 220% in 2020, 
sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll start that again. We had two in 2013, we had 188%. In 2019, we had 20, 220%. And in 2020, we had 214%. Wow. Um, so there's a point there for each correct answer. Um, and then at the end, I may even list the, the, the top performers over that period as well uh, from the last 10 years. So yeah, if anyone can get any of those, then uh, I'll give them a round of applause. But I think it just goes to show that, you know, this is obviously, you know, huge from NVIDIA, um, but it does happen, right? We do see this happen, you know, pretty often. You know, even looking at 2020, we had 139%, uh, 2021, 92%. Uh, 2018, 140%, um, 2017, 67%. So, you know, there are there are big movers out there and, and they do happen uh, quite frequently. So, um, you know, that, that's all part of investing and, and these big movements do come. Um, so, you know, you might have missed this one, but there's always the next one. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, even if you did miss it, miss this this move it's all about getting this quiz question right so tune in yeah for, that's that's it yeah, yeah tune in for the back end of the podcast where we'll uh go over that 2020 2013 and 2019 i guess maybe a little bit of a clue of 2020 you'd imagine it'd be tech related uh during the pandemic uh let's first talk about the debt ceiling um i, I actually <laughs> want to give um you know uh thank nvidia uh, for giving us something else to talk about uh, in mm. the last few weeks. But uh, look, our listeners want the hot topics and, and debt ceiling very much is still one of those. It's important for us to discuss. So let, let's give that uh, our thoughts uh, on the situation at the moment. How are you seeing it? Well, we're getting there, uh, <laughs> which is which is the key. But, the, the, you know, the deal is, is still got to be done. You know, we still got to get through Congress. Uh, but we're making progress, you know, and and there are some some risks here. You know, it's not going to be completely plain sailing because ultimately it isn't over the line. Um, it is a tentative agreement. Um, so, you know, we still got that that uh, that process to, to sort of get through. But it, but it feels as if markets, as we've said a couple of times, know that there is so much incentive to sort of get this deal done, that it is sort of a little bit unfathomable that it won't get across the line. So I think that's why we've not really seen you know, markets, you know, blink much. And that's why I don't think we had a huge rally on on Tuesday from Wall Street off the back of the uh, public holiday. And obviously that that news from the weekend, we did start the session pretty strong. And I think the Nasdaq was up nearly 2% at one point. Um, but I think that ultimately the deal getting done is, is priced into markets. And Nasdaq was up three and a half percent last week obviously thanks to you know much of that being obviously from ai as well but it's not as if markets sort of sold off on the debt ceiling news either um as we said a couple of times you know they, they didn't you know really seem to fret about this news too much but bottom line is you know it's obviously the deal is obviously gonna be positive uh for investors in terms of taking some uncertainty away and we'll probably see it you know getting done next week but it does come at a cost, um, which is going to be new US bond issuance. Uh, and obviously markets are pushing down bond prices in anticipation of that. And also on the other side, we're also going to have $350 billion less of government spending as well. So that can affect, uh, you know, quite a few industries, quite a few sectors. You know, it may even come from things like clean energy. You know, there's going to be plenty of sectors that this could affect. We may not sort of really know the full fall out of that until we see the budget, um, which I don't think is is for a while yet. 
um, but it could see 20% uh, of uh, expected growth in 2024 uh, lost. So, you know, there, there's a, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot that will play on uh, after the fact with this. And I think what investors are, are sort of, I think now digesting is that, okay, if we avoid this debt ceiling blow, you know, what's next? Well, what's next is that, you know, they're facing the prospect of another hike from the Federal Reserve because we had PCE data last Friday that came in slightly stronger than expected. Markets have gone from 15% last week of another hike to 65% this week. Um, you know, and we can clearly see that inflation is not easy to, to fight. Here today in Australia, we had inflation sort of pick back up from 6.3% in, in March to 6.8% monthly um in april so again we're now priced we've we had priced in a pause uh for the meeting next week but again that dials up rate hike expectations again for the rba to hike i think central banks are really struggling at the moment because we you know markets are pricing in uh inflation falling and the end to rate hikes obviously the sort of the banking turmoil really sort of accelerated that and markets have sort of priced that in but I think if if that isn't the case, you know, it means that we're going to have more hikes or higher for longer rates, which I think could put pressure on equity markets, given that, as I say, we're, we're pricing in inflation falling and, and rate cuts coming by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Get those rates higher, central banks. That's what I reckon. Uh, I saw someone ta- played today in the UK a coffee for like £4.50. We need hikes higher to, to get those prices lower um, $4.50 for a coffee here wow yeah yeah it's uh it's crazy I mean I haven't paid that but three fifty for a flat white isn't unusual around here <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I have to say which is still ridiculous um but yeah it's it's really interesting I mean when I do my sort of morning research before looking at markets to potentially trade throughout the day sort of on a swing trading basis i'll you know go through your bloombergs your reuters your your fts and on the ft i'm sure many people use it on a daily basis then you've got the market section you click on markets and it sort of shows you the the top headline uh an article today i'll just read it out just have to scroll up to to get it here bear with me u.s stocks wobble as investors focus on debt ceiling bill. If we went back 24 hours, it would be markets are higher on positivity around debt ceiling. You go the day Mm. before, markets did X, Y, Z on debt ceiling. Seriously, for the last two, three weeks, it's all they're talking about for reasons why the market has gone higher or lower, unless we talk about our next, next subject now, which is AI. So thank you, AI, just for being about um really for you know i guess this year it's really started to to pick up i remember looking at some ai related stocks in in january that had a bit of a buzz uh, and looking at some of those technical levels tweeted it yesterday and you know I, for one when once they broke those levels just went on and on mm. and on uh, hindsight is always 2020 vision though of course but uh how do you you feel about this area of the market i mean look nasdaq nasdaq and nvidia opened up uh, on Tuesday with a market cap of over $1 trillion. It didn't finish the uh, the training session above that, but it still opened up with it. Uh, it's dragged similar companies higher along the way, but it's also trading at 37 times its revenue and 202 times its earnings uh, as well. So is the bubble going to burst? Is it going to continue to grow? What are you thinking? It's certainly going to have to... To, to 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 
go very very well to, to sort of keep growing isn't it yeah. and um you know i think a lot a lot of obviously that that hype is is sort of priced in but again we, we have seen this happen in the past with with you know tesla um you know a huge price to earnings ratio but earnings you know did come through obviously um you know, it did have a significant fall in price at one point but but still you know a lot of investors that were buying many years ago at those sort of you know heavily inflated price to earnings ratio are, are still being rewarded for it now so it doesn't go to say that yes okay again it, you know looking at those numbers especially as a value investor um you know it, it it doesn't look great right but that's not always to say that it doesn't come off and it, and it can come off but it does look you know pretty pretty heavily inflated and, and and we are seeing that sort of euphoria from investors there's absolutely no doubt about that you know in q1 we saw a big jump from eToro investors buying into ai stocks such as nvidia microsoft alphabet you know those sorts of names q1 retail investors a global retail investor survey our rib showed 54 percent um wanting to increase their AIA investments as well so and i think it's understandable given you know this is the new technology this is how we can see it going and and really with the likes of chat gpt it's also a technology that i feel like we can all use which given some of the other technology that does come about i, I feel like it's not always accessible to the everyday person so the fact that we can use it and sort of try to to harness its potential i think that's why investors are getting so excited because they can see how it's yeah it's maybe changing their daily life as well because you know it's composing our emails it's writing code it's um you know it's saving world peace it's doing everything but you know it's it's also giving you know that lifeline to to a portfolio as well right as as we said earlier nvidia shares up more than 170 percent year to date you know the nasdaq is up 30 percent uh year to date as well um given that there's just this it's just an ai fueled sort of tech rally you know it is just taking wall street by by storm um and as we say that sort of microsoft backs chat gpt that, that's sort of the golden child and what really sparked mm. all of this um but i think outside of that you know outside of nvidia as well you know the, the opportunities are pretty broad as well there are a lot of companies that are powering and championing championing this sort of ai boom across the world right because We've also got, because you've got the likes of NVIDIA that are needed to power artificial intelligence. You need Microsoft to be able to launch these AI products that then come to market. But then you've also got those industries that then can benefit from embracing AI or that can, you know, change their industries. So whether that's finance, whether it's healthcare, whether it's marketing, whether it's logistics, we could sit here all day. But, you know, there's there's plenty of you know areas that it can change and and it's also no wonder that we're seeing so much excitement from investors because all of the big names are talking about it right and companies are racing to get ahead of this technology you know alphabet meta microsoft amazon apple you know they, they mentioned ai over 200 times and they're on their earnings calls you know and they're investing billions you know into to sort of this technology as well um but i think that nvidia has sort of has, has led the move really mm -hmm. from a retail investor perspective, you know, um, to, to sort of really driving that growth. And I mean, you know, that, that revenue forecast was just blew, just blew it out, out of the water, did it? And I can't remember we, the last time we've ever seen anything like that. You'd have to go back a long way and speak to some, we have to get Ben Laidler to, yes. to find out when something like that last happened. Um, and, but I also think it's a great time to then, you know, talk about this case for then thematic investing and investing into the AI theme. 
um, you know, a little bit more, you know, we, we've got the portfolio here at Etoro Smart Portfolio, which is mm-hmm. AI Revolution. You can search that on, on sort of the Etoro platform. You know, it has those names, NVIDIA, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, C3 AI, and so on. So it gives you that sort of diversified yeah. approach rather than, you know, just committing your capital into one name, such as NVIDIA, which obviously in this case would have paid off. But, you know, that diversification of the sector means that, you know, you're going to get broad exposure here um, rather than having just to try and pick one uh, name that will, um, you know, succeed. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're diversifying across, uh, you know, this theme that can really boom and, you know, not putting uh, all your eggs in, in one basket because there's going to be plenty of names that do succeed here as well. But as we mentioned, and, and as you said, Sam, valuations have soared. Um, and those valuations are at crazy levels. Um, so now they're just going to have to deliver. Yeah, yeah they will. Um, I was speaking to Matty Alon yesterday, our, our editor-in-chief here at eToro, who is uh, a proud value investor. Uh, Very proud. really, Really interesting getting his thoughts on NVIDIA up at these levels. And look, sometimes the market can, you know, what is the saying, remain something longer than you can remain solvent i can't quite remember exactly it word for word but that's what's going on right here uh, i mentioned at the beginning uh, of this little section that nvidia uh, became the well, became a 1 trillion dollar stock on on the open on wall street and that meant it became the ninth the other companies and and i was scratching my head yesterday trying to get all nine i could get eight and i was thinking what on earth is the ninth so a lot of people would know apple amazon microsoft Alphabet, Meta, of course, Meta, not right now, Tesla, and then NVIDIA, and then Saudi Aramco. I think most people would get those eight. The the ninth, I don't know if you saw my my tweet or, or the comments about it, um, because there's no way I would have got this. And, and I'm, it, 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 I don't know if you'd be able to, just on the top of your head, or did you did you see the tweet? No. Uh I didn't see the tweet, and I don't know what the company would be. No. 2007. Uh, so bear in mind that uh, Apple was... The, the second most uh re or longest ago which was 2018 so an 11-year gap and by well, the way it's definitely this, not going to be a tech stock though is it coming no. off the back of the global financial crisis so it's, it's, it's a company called PetroChina. um and of course when we look at chinese companies around that period they may have fiddled the books a little bit uh, and it's now i think it's only worth 200 billion rather than over a trillion so i think uh on the day ipo it was over a a trillion but since then it's gone down to lose a lot of its money so yeah november 5th 2007 was uh when petro china was the the first of what is now nine stocks to reach over one trillion dollar market cap at any one time which is mental uh i was actually also saw quite an interesting graphic which was showing the last two decades worth of performance for some tech stocks microsoft amazon apple and google so google returns this is going to make people cry if they ever invested in uh one of these stocks two decades ago and haven't held it till now so google 3318 percent apple 126244 percent amazon 142438 percent and microsoft wait for this 319194 percent return since ipo imagine if you just didn't back bill gates you know when he was out of his garage or you know (laughs) 
or Jeff Bezos when he was sitting on his couch selling books and oh. uh, you had that opportunity. It's like, it's like Blockbuster when they had the opportunity to buy Netflix as well. But, you know, those opportunities do, they do come along. But I think, again, I think I saw something from, um, from NVIDIA as well. Their, their third largest shareholder sold uh, $35 million worth of shares this week, but he's held those shares since 1997. Yeah. Yeah. Diamond hands you know, really to, to go that long, nearly over 25 years, um, you know, holding those shares, you know, unbelievable, take a bit of yeah. profit off the table and, and fair play to him. But um, as they say, pressure makes diamonds. Pressure makes yeah. diamonds. Did you see Kathy Wood sold NVIDIA in November on the low? <laughs> Which is a tough one there. Tough to take. Yeah. It, it really is. And especially when I think she told everyone to own NVIDIA as well. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah she oh. could have done with that she really could have done with that because she's had a tough couple of yeah a uh, couple of years since obviously you know the the 2020 boom and it's been bust for her ever since really isn't it yeah i think jim kramer back in novemberish sort of time said you know do not hold nvidia and that was the moment that's when you got to make a decision to go against him isn't it uh, and it would have been very fruitful um but uh yeah in, in fascinating subject it really is and the moves we've seen this year are are fascinating i'd hope he starts to tell us something about the fed maybe because then we might actually understand the fed's direction if he comes yeah. out and says the the fed are done then that's it we're getting we're getting sort of more hikes and maybe we will get more hikes because as we said earlier uspca last week came in uh you know a little bit hotter than expected and as we said fed expectations have, have sort of been been dialed up as well and we've got another key data point uh this week in in the us um in non-farm payrolls and that comes just before us inflation on june 13th and then just before the fed's next rate decision on june 15th as well so non-farm payrolls friday sam what we're we looking at what are we expecting um is there any sort of takeaways that investors can can really get from this yeah, big, big, big couple of weeks. Um, and obviously, we're, we're now when we're recording this on the 31st of, of May. So it's the last trading day of the month, uh, which usually then means on that first Friday, you're going to get a jobs report. Although this one, you know, I was a little bit surprised to see we had the jobs report this Friday. Of course, it was Memorial Day um, over the sort of the weekend, Monday. So it's a bank holiday. And sometimes there's not enough time to get that data together. But there, there has been. Uh, so on the 2nd of, of June, we get the next uh, non-farm payroll meeting. Uh, of course, in two Wednesdays time, we got, as you said, the next FOMC meeting. Uh, and when I was sort of looking into this, it was a 60-40 split on a hike or unchanged. That's since gone north of that 60 number. Uh, but if we rewound a month ago, there was an 11% chance of a cut currently zero uh 65 chance of unchanged as i said that's now under 40 uh, and just a 24 percent chance of an increase which is now around 64 65 which is remarkable just how quickly in a month that's changed what's going to happen over the two weeks well i would expect those numbers to change and this jobs report that we do have on friday along with the debt ceiling talks they're going to continue to to influence those number those numbers uh one question uh of course is you know why has that number gone up well it's a combination of a couple of things you've got less downside risk from the bank crisis the debt ceiling stuff 
but you've also got, as we mentioned earlier, the sticky inflation. You've seen that in Oz in the UK, also in America. The labor report is, is pretty strong. And as we, we talked about as well, the PC number was, was pretty good. So a combination of all of that is just sort of leading towards those expectations going higher. However, you know, you know when I was, was sort of researching into this, you know, did the, the bank and debt ceiling stuff, should it have really have ever led to uh, another hike if we just took that away, but almost just confirmed the pause? Uh, and and I guess the, the response to that, and I was speaking to Ben, he was saying, well, the, the Fed didn't really want to be seen to make the, the bank crisis or the debt ceiling worse by raising. So therefore, we increased the chance of a pause or a cut. And, and long term, you know, these two issues, the bank crisis, the regional stuff and uh, the debt ceiling, you know, it would have accelerated uh, the ex- inflation fall and justified rate cuts. But both issues are continuing to sap growth, just not as much as, as maybe initially perceived. So I think all in all, um, if I was a betting man, I would say the Fed are going to raise rates uh, at the next meeting i actually think they should uh, and also i think if we rewind a couple of months where it, we were starting to talk about free cuts this year from the fed and i bet anything anyone uh, that that wouldn't happen that's starting to look okay now um for the jobs report this friday i mean that's what we're talking about right uh, the consensus is for 180 that doesn't mean that's what it's going to come in it's quite a volatile release whether it be higher or lower a beat or a miss we'll have to wait and see uh, but 180 expected to be to be added for the us economy from the previous month uh despite the upsize uh upside um surprise that we saw in april the rate and and these rates people look at quite regularly uh continue to ease the three month the six month from the 12 month average uh the three month being 222 the six month being 278 and the 12 month 333 so for anyone quick at maths 180 is of course lower than all of that and i think that's a good thing i think it's coming down in the right direction we don't want to see any crazily strong labor reports or those rates are going to go higher and we're going to reprice things in markets. And actually, I think that would lead to quite a bit of volatility to the downside. Uh, in terms of other gauges of labour market strength, um, the PMI data, which we saw beginning of last week, saw a rebound. Uh, but the ISM uh, equil- equivalent uh, was little changed um, and Fed surveys have been trending lower, while the NFIB's hiring intentions, intention, intentions index has also shown a new three-year low. So the picture we're painting here is for expectations for a lower number and for that to continue, uh, albeit uh, gradually, which I think is overall a good thing. Uh, We also get on the jobs report, the unemployment rate and the average hourly earnings, both two components to really keep an eye on and in their own right can move the market, especially if we do get a number completely in line with expectations for the jobs report um so what are they unemployment is expected to tick up to 3.5 percent the fed actually uh see the jobless rate rising to 4.5 percent by the end of the year so it's currently if we do get one 0.1 percent that would go to 3.5 percent however the average hourly growth is expected to uh go to 0.4 percent from 0.5 the year before so again that's sort of coming down as well a little bit lower but by the end of the week we're going to know 
just a little bit more. Those rate probabilities are probably going to change. It's either going to really start to signal a hike in 14 days to Wednesday's time, uh, or it might be that actually, okay, we are going to get a pause uh, as well. Uh, so for those rate sensitive stocks, just keep an eye on those. Obviously, tech being one of them. If we are to you know move in the direction that doesn't indicate another hike uh, and actually indicates a pause or a cut, if that is possible to happen in two weeks, then you know tech and other related stocks may benefit. And then on the flip scenario, flip case, um, if we are to to get a very very strong report and um, you know the the rate probability goes up, tech's going to struggle a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you say, a lot playing into sort of that that next move, right? You know, we spoke about the debt ceiling. I'm um, just reading there, and that we, we're going to have a, a vote tonight in in the in the U.S. House. So going to be plenty of volatility in today's session and over the next sort of couple of days. But then we turn to Friday that jobs report. Uh, and as you said at the start, I think that that those sort of expectations, that watch tool. Uh, for target rate probabilities is, is going to change a fair bit over the next sort of two weeks. Um, but also reading today as well that US inflation already sort of murmurs that headline could come down pretty yeah. significantly. Um, you're reading that on on sort of Twitter early today. So they could get some positivity there as well. And, and that could, again, flip these uh, rate probabilities on their head again. And, and we could see, uh, you know, that that pause price back in. Yeah, yeah, we have to to wait and see. Um, I just think with the the debt ceiling sorted by then, uh, and the bank crisis being put to one side, it might just be it might just give the Fed the opportunity just to get one more in. But we'll see. I mean, things change in two weeks so quickly, don't they? Mm, they really absolutely. do. Uh, right now is the time for the quiz question reveal. This is what everyone's been waiting for. How many of you fast forwarded? Hopefully none of you, but uh, here we are anyway. Um, I've actually just seen uh, the the answers. I would have got zero out of three, but I was on the right course for both 2013. Uh, tw- oh, yeah, 2020. Well, I was only on the right course for 2020, actually. Um, so, Josh, over to you. Okay, so we'll go, we'll start from the beginning. We'll start ten uh-huh. years ago, twenty thirteen, which was one of the names. Yeah, uh, was Tesla, one hundred eighty eight percent. Twenty fourteen was American Airlines, a bit more modest, fifty nine percent. Twenty fifteen, Caesars Entertainment, one hundred and one percent. Obviously, everyone was going to Vegas for their stag do's that year. Eighty percent in twenty sixteen was Newmont Corp. So gold, obviously had a good start to the year i would imagine in 2016 um 2017 was vertex pharmaceutical 76 percent uh axon enterprises uh a uh a technology weapons firm maybe we had some geopolitical tensions 140 percent in 2018 then 2019 which was the biggie the 220 percenter was enphase energy uh, in 2019 moderna in 2020, 214%. I wonder why that was. Yes. Uh, last year, 2021, Nucor Corporation, 92%. And then 2022, Ox- Occidental Petroleum, 139%. So some big gains there. Um, but uh, yeah, Enphase Energy, 20, 220% in 2019. And Moderna, 214% thanks to the old COVID-19 in 2020. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I was half thinking um, something tech related because 2020 had such a, a strong start to the year. But yeah, those uh, 
vaccine related stocks did phenomenally well in in that year and uh, and Tesla 2013 186%. I also saw a tweet um a few days ago talking about just the growth of a, a, a selection of different stocks over the last 10 15 years and it showed Tesla at whatever thousand percent and Elon Musk replied he goes so far uh indicating yeah, yeah, you yeah. see that yeah he's uh you know what if you're a Tesla investor you know we we talked about this a few weeks ago didn't you Joshua you know where t- uh, Twitter got a a new CEO and and this enabled Musk to put more of his time into Tesla you know mm. the market since then is is, is or I know a lot of, a lot of stocks have gone up in that period but Tesla being one of those uh, as well one to watch well, um, on N phase energy, just to finish that off, I just had a quick Google because I didn't uh-huh. look at this earlier. Went on to finish 2019 after the first five months, gaining 220%. Finished 2019 with 556% gains for the wow. year. Wow. S&P wow, 500 wow. huge. Yeah, its last five year performance is 2,796%. Massive. Yeah. Energy. Patience when holding these stocks can be so beneficial it seems past performance is not a guide to future performance yes absolutely uh on that note we will wrap it up for uh another week the last one of may uh, if you made it this far it means you must kind of like us so please do like share subscribe uh again it does make a bit of a difference uh so josh thank you very much no nope, thank you sam i hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week take care take care guys try safe you have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.